Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Andrew Millen. And you're all very welcome back to the Celtic Soul Podcast. The podcast is available across all platforms and on Celtic Fanzine TV. The Celtic Soul Podcast and Celtic Fanzine TV are brought to you by more than 90 minutes, Celtic Fanzine, which first went on sale at Celtic Park 21 years. Issue 123 is now available to buy in both print and digital format, and you can get all the details by visiting CelticFanzine.com. And if you're a new listener to Celtic Fanzine TV or a new viewer, if you've been viewing lately, please hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. And if you're a returning visitor, thank you very much for tuning in. This episode of the Celtic Soul Podcast has been kindly sponsored by O'Shea's Restaurant, Temple Bar in Dublin, and we thank Martin O'Shea for his continued support. If you're a Celtic-minded business or a Celtic supporters club and you like what we do and you would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast, The Fanzine, or the website, please email info at satellitefanzine.com. You can message us on social media or leave a message on the website. Joining me on the show is Billy McGuinness from Dublin band Aslan. Billy has been ever present in the band on guitar, keyboards and harmonica since the band was formed back in the 80s. He's been in the business with Aslan for 40 years and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Billy McGuinness, you're very welcome to the Celtic Soul Podcast. How are you doing and how is... Uh, Christy doing well. Christy's good, actually. Uh, uh, last last Wednesday, he actually got out of hospital, so he's at home, which is which is an improvement on the situation. A couple of weeks ago, when we had to cancel the Tree Arena, unfortunately, well, it's not cancelled; it's rescheduled. So it'll be happening sometime in the new year. So although it's our fortieth year this year, we'll actually be celebrating it in the Tree Arena in our forty first year. <laughs> but Christy's good. He's at home, he's out of hospital, he's dying to do a gig, as you can imagine, you know. So it's it's been tough on him the past couple of months. But uh, he's good, Millish, he's good. And it, it, like, the, the thought of doing these gigs, you know, it must keep his spirits up. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, as Christy has said loads of times in interviews, he goes into a very dark place when he can't gig, you know. He, he's been doing it for, he's been doing it since he was a nipper, you know. And, uh, it's part of his DNA outperforming. 
And it's just what he loves doing, Millish. And, you know, when it's taken away from you, and it's the same, same for me, same for me. Like, I'm dying to do a gig. I'm itching. Like, I mean, I was, whenever I go to a pub that has music in it, I jump up on stage and I kind of get up and do a song. It's just, it's, it's, it's something that you, you know, if you're a musician, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I just, I love performing and I love playing. In fact, I'm, um, Next week, I'm getting up with a band called Wild Youth in the Olympia, which which should be interesting. You know, it should be good fun. Um, what happened was uh, there was a program being made uh, last week, and it's Irish. It's Ireland's ultimate greatest songs, the top twenty of Irish greatest songs. Aslan featuring. I can't tell you what position we're in, but unfortunately, we couldn't we couldn't perform at it in the Helix when the programme was being recorded. So Wild Youth stood in for us and they performed the Aslan song that features in Ireland's greatest ever songs, ever, ever, ever. So, <laughs> so to repay the favour, they asked me would I get up with them in the Olympia and do the song that they performed in the Helix. And I said, of course I will. Yeah, that's no problem. So I'm doing that next Thursday, Thursday, Thursday week, Thursday week, 27th in the Olympia. Magic, Billy. Billy, um, 40 years in the rock and roll business. It's hard to believe. It, 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 like, it's only when, when you think of it, wow. And I'm thinking of myself as well, the first time I heard Aslan. Um, Irish music legends. Gold, platinum records all over the place. Uh, the recent big gig, as you said, had to be postponed and, and it's going to be back on. Uh, yeah. But it, it's been some journey. It has. You know, we formed in 1982. And Millish, if you go back, if you go back to the eighties, you know, like you two, they uh, in nineteen eighty three, I think it was, you two released the War album, and they were suddenly becoming, they were on their way to becoming the biggest band in the world, and like every record company in the UK, were looking for another U two, so Dublin kind of became like Liverpool when the Beatles were happening. You had all these record companies coming over to Dublin, and they were they were signing bands. They were actually, they were, I could list you hundreds of, of Irish bands. The likes of Something Happens, Blue in Heaven, Cactus, was in Tuanua, The Fountainhead, and the list goes Aslan. The list goes on and on and on, and all these bands had major record deals in the UK, which was phenomenal. Like it was like Dublin was a buzz in the 80s with bands. You couldn't walk down the road without hearing live music coming from somewhere. But um, they were all looking for the, for the new U2. Unfortunately, there was never going to be another U2. U2 are just a phenomenal. They're just one-off, amazing band. We're big fans, and they, as they are of Aslan as well. And um, But... Uh, it was when we formed and the first song, the first single we released was This Is in 1986. Now we said, when we formed in 82, we said we'd give Aslan a year. And here we are 40 years later. But I think we were very lucky, Millish, in the song that we released as our first single was This Is. I, I think if it had been any other song, I don't think we'd been here now. It was just, it, it, it was, it was the, Perfect for a, for a band to release a song of the caliber of this is as their first single was phenomenal. I mean that year it was it was the most played song when it was released. It was the most played song on Two FM. It won the single of the year at the Yerma Awards. 
Uh, it was single of the month and hot press. Uh, it was just like, it was, we couldn't have picked a better song. And the thing about it is, it's my favourite Aslan song of all the songs we've written. I think this is lyrically and melodically is like streets ahead of Crazy World. I don't know what people see in Crazy World. I can kind of get it. But from a, from a songwriting point of view, the lyrics and, and, and the melody of this is, it's a far superior song to me, you know. And that was the song that kicked it all off. And when we released that song, Nobody, not nobody wanted to release it, and this small um, records record label in Dublin called Rikus Records, a lady called Elvira Butler. They had a band called The Blades at the time. They were the only band that were signed to Rikus, and she actually said she would release this is, and the rest is history. So without Elvira having the courage to to release that and, and go with it and push it, I don't think we would have been here, you know. So. Great. That led us. That led us to sign him with EMI Records. We went into the Feel No Shame album, which, when it was released, was number one. We supported David Bowie and Slane that year. It was a phenomenal start uh, for the band. It really was. Yeah, uh, taking back now to, to the eighties as, as a teenager, coming into me, I suppose, you know, coming into an age where I was starting to go out and go to gigs, to Blades, have all the, I have all the records on Rika's on Rika's records. Um, the Blades were brilliant, and we. We were blessed in Drada. We had we had an old rundown boxing club in Doyle Street. Well, yeah. every band that, that travelled through through on on the gig circuit played, you know, and like a leaky roof, a small stage, a little bar selling point bottles yeah. and Bernard and Blacks. What what a place to! And everyone wanted to play there as well. Like we saw every band yeah. you named there, we saw. And when I did see us on that big stage in Slane. I saw the Fountainhead in Slane as well. So there was great opportunities as well. But these small venues yeah. were magic. And you know what? We're missing it now. We don't have them dirty venues anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's venues like the Boxing Club in Drogheda, the Bagot Inn and Bagot Street. You know, they were rock and roll venues. Um, the venues now, like they're not very rock and roll. As you said, the leaky roof, you know, <laughs> selling dodgy drink. And you had Gisty on the bar. Remember Gisty on, Gisty the, on the, the, door. the door? I still meet him in Drogheda. Yeah, I still meet brilliant. him every Brilliant. But they're great memories. Those gigs, like, to recreate them, the, the venues aren't there. They're not there. Like, you go to all these posh venues and it's all theatres now and it's it's not very rock and roll. And, like, Jake is in a band uh, called Don't Tell Mum. And I keep saying to Jake, I said, you need to get out and start gigging. And gig, basically, gig anywhere. Because it's the only way you can build up a following. It's through live music and people coming to see the band. Now, I know people will argue and say, well, what about Spotify and what about, you know, YouTube and you can do it from your home. Yes, absolutely. But nothing beats it beats like getting out in front of people and seeing the whites of their eyes and performing in front of them and getting an instant reaction. When you do a Zoom gig, or your, especially during lockdown, we did we did a lot of Zoom gigs. And they were absolutely brutal, Millish. You've no audience. You've no. You, you finish the song and it's just silence. And we actually, as a band, we stopped doing uh, online gigs during lockdown because it was detrimental to the band. There was no atmosphere. Aslan needs a live crowd in front of them, you know. And and Christy feeds off the audience as we do, uh, and the audience feeds off us. 
And I, I mean, when you take, when you mess with any chemistry of that, it's just not rock and roll. It's definitely not. So bring back the boxing club, venues like that. That's what we need, you know. Definitely great memories of that place. Yeah, and you mentioned the bag it in there, the famous, uh, I think it was a Monday night with you two on the blades and they used to rotate to who was yeah. top of the bill, you know, like, so these are... Yeah, so you two actually supported the blades a few times there. Well, you had you had great bands like, you know, uh, uh, oh God, I could name hundreds of bands, the Bogey Boys, the Lookalikes, uh, as you said, the Blades, U2, um, Kathmandu, all these bands, they cut their teeth in the bag it in, as did Aslan. And the Magnet in Pierce Street, that was another venue where the Blades used to play. The Blades used to do a kind of a residency there. Again, Aslan played this. Bands like Some Kind of Wonderful would have played this. Uh, like it was, it, it was a real, it was, Dublin was buzzing with venues. I mean, uh, crazy times. Absolutely crazy times. Yeah, and, and Billy, like, like, like some of the bands you name in there and that, like, like I DJ and and you you you've had, you've you've been in and and catch in the hopper sometimes when I drop an Aslan tune or something, you know. And yes. I, know, I, I know exactly oh. I know exactly what you like because you drop a bit of Deacon Blue in there as well, and you're happy yeah. to have a buff. But when we're doing when we're doing like the cross and some of the older lads are in, you know. And you can play a set, you know, as then something happens, the blades, you know, yeah. it's it's wonderful for me because these were, and if I played, like I could gig in Glasgow, if I played some of these tunes in Glasgow, you know, they'd know Aslan and they'd know the blades because of the venue I play in. But some of the Irish, other, other Irish bands, they, they would never have heard of because the Irish scene was so big within itself and we thought they were massive, but... You know, yeah. to, to break it in the UK and then to break it in the US, it's a very tough thing for bands to do. Absolutely. I agree with you totally. But if you look, if you, you, you mentioned like you're playing, you're still playing Irish music. If you look at songs like uh, Celebrate from Emotional Fish, like that song was number one in Italy. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Uh, that song got massive airplay when the, when the American troops were coming home from Iraq. That song was being played on all the American radio stations. Celebrate, this party's over. I'm going home. Like, you look at uh, Parachute by Something Happens. That's still getting played. You look at This Is Crazy World by Aslan. They're still getting played on the radio today. So what I'm saying to you is that the tunes that the bands were writing in the 80s, a lot of them, well, you can play them still and they're getting, and people are st still love them. It's because they've lasted the test of time. You know, they really have. And, and, and I think that's, that's a great testament to how good the Irish music scene was in the 80s. Yeah, 100%. And, and like, I think back to 1998, emigration, you know, so high within the young people. They were, bringing, they were bringing the tapes with them when they were going to London or the States. So they were spreading, you know, there was no, there was no internet then. There was no Spotify. There was no YouTube. They were, they were spreading the, the word for the Irish bands. And like you think back then, like you know, Jack Chanton's on went to the Euros. We 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 had we had hope, you know. We, Ray Houghton, the Glasgow Irishman, put that ball in the English net. And I thought, I went on my first lads' holiday, and on that holiday we had tapes, and one of those tapes was Aslan's first album, and I got I got played every day at the pool, and every yeah. day every night before we went out, you know, as we were, you know, putting on our best voice shots and trying to get, you know. Tr tr trying to get a girl who, who wasn't Irish, for say, and you know where we were? 
We were in Yugoslavia before the war happened. So I can't blame Aslan Tate for, for starting the war, but these are just memories I have. And you must have so many, so many brilliant memories from back then, Billy. But pre-Aslan, Billy, pre-Aslan, you know, when you were growing up and getting into music, you know, that's something we don't hear about. You know, we hear about the band and we hear about, we've, Chrissy's life story has been well documented. Like there's a film in there. But, you know, your own, you know, your own time growing up and getting into music and did you see it as a way out? Well, what it was, was, you see, my dad, the show band scene in Ireland, when it was big, my dad was actually the bass player in a band called the Nevada Show Band. So they would have been, they would have been, you know, with Joe Dolan and the Big Eight and the Dixies and all that, if you're going way back, the Nevada Show Band were one of the top bands in Ireland and my dad was the bass player in them so that's where I got the love of music from because there was instruments lying around the house and everything else but my dad never never forced it on me the same as I don't do with Jake and Liam like Liam plays the keyboards and Jake, Jake plays guitar Jake's a better guitarist than me actually he's fantastic but it's it's you know I, I was a baker and I served uh, me four years apprenticeship to become a baker. And I walked in uh, Johnston Mooney's, Downs's, Gazzo's. I walked in every bakery in Dublin, uh, Mother's Pride, you name it, I, I was there. But I always loved music. When I was in, when I, I went to St. Aidan's School in, um, in Collins Avenue, and there was a thing called the Sloga. And we formed a band in the school and we represented St. Aidan's down in White's Hotel in Wexford. Now you're talking the 70s here and I remember the song that I wrote and it was called Talpina McCree I have a pain in my heart <laughs> <laughs> you had to perform and hey, this is the vibe with the slogan you know Clannad came through there Clannad won slogan as well they would appear at it now they sang in Irish so anyway we went on and rock and roll Talpina McCree bang 12-bar blues. Grand. We won the second thing. We won slogan. And it was great. So the school suddenly made a classroom available for us and they let us, they got us a drum kit. And it, and it, was, it was great times. But I always wanted to be in a band. And I remember I had my own bands and they were crap. Oh, Jesus. I, I formed one band called, this is going to be a laugh. I said, I'm going to call the band Blue Movies. So when Blue Movies is at the bag and people think there's Blue Movies in the place of the Rams, <laughs> that's how stupid I was. And we actually played the bag in. Blue Movies did. But anyway, I went, there was a gig called the Revenue Commissioners Club. And again, all the bands used to play it. Light a big fire, something happens. Toy with rhythm. Uh, Aslan played. And I went in and I saw Aslan. There were a four-piece. Drums, bass, guitar. And I looked at Christy Dignam. And I just went, oh my God. I've never seen a performer like him. He was in his bare feet. He was doing all the hand movements. I was saying, this fella is unique. And his voice, his voice stood out. So... I knew the bass player in the band, Tony McGuinness, no relation, but he was from Ballymon and I was from Ballymon. And I went up to Matt at gig and I said, Tony, band is, band is brilliant. Uh, any chance, can I get in? Can I join? And he says to me, can you play at me? I says, no. Because <laughs> I was a singer in previous, man. So I says, no. I says, well, you know, we could do back and vocals and we'd start there, whatever. So to cut a long story short, 
I arrived, they used to rehearse in Alan Downey's garage on Cedarwood Road, where Bono lives. Bono lived just down the road, and Alan lived on the same road as him. And Aslan used to rehearse there. So I was working at the bakery in Singlis. It was either Gavos or, or Buttercrust. And I used to arrive at half two outside rehearsals and I'd have a couple of cakes with me. So the lads had finished, they'd open up the garage door and there'd be me standing there with a few cakes. So lo and behold, there was a gig happening. Uh, 1984. It was in St. Anne's Park and 2FM used to put on these lark in the parks. And I remember there was a band called Les Enfants on it and then Aslam were on it. But Aslam wanted to beef up the, the show so they had three backing singers. So that was my first time on stage with Aslan as a backing singer, 1984, St. Anne's Park in Rahimi. And that was it. I was. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Then, and then I went on to bass synth and then I picked up the guitar and started playing a couple of chords and that was it. That was it. I'll never forget it. Never forget it. I just wanted to be in the band. And I always say this, I always tell people, you know, just because you can't play an instrument, if the passion is there, as it was with me, I went out and I asked to be in Aslan, even though Tony said, can you play at And I said, I can't play at but I'm willing to give it a go, you know. So you should always follow your dream. And that was, well, 40 years ago. And here we are, and like living in Betty's town, put Jake and Liam through school and college. And music has done that for me. It's been very, very good to me. Very, very good. And it could have been a different story um, if the band hadn't reformed. Billy, you know, your life would have took a different yeah. different direction because, like, the split is well documented when you hear Christy yeah. talking yeah. about, you know. And Christy is, yeah. is so honest when he does speak about his heroin addiction and, yeah. you know, the lies and the lies and the deceit that goes with that. And he speaks yeah. about when he found out that he was out with a band. That must have been yeah. devastating for years because, you know, yeah. you, you knew every, like, everybody, like, yeah. madness have, have sugs, you know. The House Martins had Paul Heaton, you know, you, you two have Bono. Christy, yeah, yeah. you know, Azen have Christy. Yeah, you know, yeah, and he, yeah. he is he is a unique front man and a brilliant front man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was it was a very that was a very that was probably the lowest point of the band of the forty years. That was the that was the lowest of the low. Just briefly, um, you know, uh, everything was going wonderful. The 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 album was number one in Ireland. We were due to tour uh uh, Loving Me Lately was getting played on MTV in America. We had we had just done an American tour with Graham Parker and The Rumor. Uh, we were supposed to go out. This Is was being released in America and we were going out to, to tour with Crowded House, which would have been fantastic. And then everything just went, felt a bit. Chrissy's drug addiction got the worst and 
and the band imploded. And like it was, it's it's mad. Like I remember EMI had so much money invested in the band. They said to us, you know, you can travel separately. Don't whatever you do, don't break up. You are on a roll. This America's taking off. Da da da. Uh, we 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 keep us in separate hotels and da da da. And we're we're looking at them going, hang on a minute. We're we're five friends. We're friends. That's a band is about you know friendship and looking after each other. And we we felt that by giving Christy by by sacking him out of the band that it would give him the wake up call that he needed to go and get clean. And it did. It took a while, but it did. Because, as you say, it's well documented in Christie's book. We've talked and we've spoken about it. It's you know, and it's it was the lowest point in the band, definitely without. But then, we wouldn't have written Crazy World if that didn't happen. Because when we came back together, we were asked to do. We every year we've been asked to do this charity show, Janelle in Janelle Shopping Centre in Fingless. It was it was for 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 a charity gig, and we'd say no, or Christy would say no. The time wasn't right. But five years after being apart, we both said, "Yeah, let's do it." And we said, rather than just going on and perform and feel no shame, let's try and write some new songs. So we were in the rehearsal room. We banged out "Feel No Shame" in a week. That was ready to go. We started working on three new songs. We wrote three new songs, which we performed in Janelle's shopping centre. One was Crazy World, one was Where's the Sun, and the other one was Rain Man. And it's a funny story. I remember I had the demo of the three songs, and uh, I, I was driving, something happens home from a gig, because I used to, I wasn't, Aslan hadn't reformed at that stage, and I was driving bands. And I was driving, and Tom Dunn was in the front, and I said, Tom, I said, uh, Tom said, I heard you're doing the Janelle gig. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, and we're doing some new stuff. So I played him the three tracks and I says, wait, you hear Rain Man. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It was my favourite song. And as I dropped Tom off, Tom said to me, Billy, you've got the wrong track. He said, Crazy World is the hit there. He says, not Rain Man, not Where's the Sun. Crazy World, trust me on it. So anyway, we went on and we performed in Janelle's shopping centre. Now this was our first gig back after five years. Lo and behold, Joe Stewart and Freddie Middleton were there from BMG Records. They came backstage, they heard Crazy World, and they came in and went, he's on the record deal, lads. <laughs> it's just like, in this business, you never get a second bite of the cherry. If you drop the ball, which Aslan did with EMI, we dropped the ball. So to get a second bite of the cherry with BMG, it was just unheard of. We couldn't believe it. We said, wow, this is this is unreal. We released Crazy World and the same thing was even bigger than this is. It was like, that was, that song, you know, it, it, to me, it's it's become part of Ireland's DNA now. When, when, you, when you see a song being played, when the dubs were banging it out, when they were winning six in a row, seven in a row, whatever it was, Crazy World would be played when the dubs were going up to get the cup. When when the Irish team were playing in Europe, I had videos on YouTube being sent to me of lads in, in France and Germany, wherever it was, and they're singing Crazy World. When you hear buskers in Grafton Street doing Crazy World, or you go on holiday to Spain and you see this dodgy Spanish band playing Crazy World, the song is not yours anymore. It becomes part of the Irish DNA. 
without sound, without it sound, you know, like uh, Fields of Attenroy, that type of thing. You know the way that has crossed over. Celtic, they 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 play it, you know, all, all the time, and it's it's that has happened with Crazy World. I think, I think it's not our song anymore. It's 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 Ireland's, you know. Yeah, you mentioned Saturday. Day. My perfect weekend is is going to see Saturday and, and going to a gig or, or going to hear it. You know, going into McCool's in Glasgow for, where I can hear good music. Um, but uh, I give you a little story from myself, Billy. I was in Glasgow when I was doing it. I used to do a pre-match show called Celtic AM, which was a spoken word show with musicians, actors who followed Celtic, and we'd always have a player. And the day before we played Rangers, uh, we were doing one on the roof in Malone's. A guy called Eddie Campbell said to me, why don't you book the roof of Malone's? I said, because it's March, it'll be freezing. But it wasn't. It was a nice day with the heaters on and it was packed. And, you know, when we play the Rangers, it brings in, you know, supporters from around the world because it's the big one. And yeah. they, they come in, Billy, right, with the Norway boys and that. And I said, look, you need to get in early because it's not that big of a, of a beer garden. But Mark McCabe, a friend of mine from Fingless, um, who who actually was the one that got UB40 onto the show because he, he's, he's friends. We were, Originally, it was meant to be Brian Travers coming onto the podcast, but sadly, Brian passed away, and then um, we ended up getting Jimmy, the drummer, on, and a great podcast it was too. But Mark had said to me, Aslan was sold out that night in the Grand Social, and they hadn't played yeah. in Glasgow for years. And I text one of the lads that I know was involved in the book, and he never got back to me. So Mark McCabe said me that day, he says, I have a ticket. I have a spare ticket if you want to go. But that meant we had to wrap the show up a little early. So normally, like we say, we'll start at three. At three o'clock on the button, I was on yeah. the mic and some of the guests went even now. And I was there, right, who's here? Because I wanted to go to the gig and I thanked Mark because I got in. Now we couldn't get, by the time I got down, the gig was just starting. I was standing right at the back, but there was a little can bar. And I have to say, Billy, it was rolled back the years that night. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Was that the classic grand? Yes. The classic grand. Yeah. What a gig. What a gig. Now, we were at last year, the band, we went to the Celtic Rangers game. We have a great, we have a great affinity with the Celtic Supporters Club. In fact, we actually recorded uh, the Fields of Attenroy. Aslan have recorded the Fields of Attenroy. And there's only, I think, I think we got 20 copies done and we sent it to the Celtic management and they gave one each to the players, right? And the vibe is, there's a guy in there who's mad into Aslan. He's in the Celtic supporters club. And what we're hoping further down the line, obviously when this is when, if, when Christy gets better and he's well enough to gig. Like it, back in the 80s, we played the Barrowlands. We played it with stiff little fingers. What a venue. Absolutely brilliant. So just just to, to cut a long story short, we're hoping further down the line that the Celtic Supporters Club will come on board with us and we will do the Barrowlands, you know, and obviously we'd be doing it for Celtic, Celtic Supporters Club as well. It'd be a fundraiser, da, 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 just to get in. But we're hoping to, that that'll happen. That was on course to happen. Because we've got a great relationship with the Celtic, with Celtic, absolutely. We were at the uh, the wards in the Hilton last last six or seven months ago. All the players were there. I was sitting here, and ten yards away, the players were there. They were all there, like you know, the manager. It's just like we're sitting there going, "Wow, you know, absolutely brilliant." Because Christy, 
is a huge, huge Celtic fan. In fact, that's why you wore the Celtic top on the Made in Dublin video. The Made in Dublin, uh, the DVD, Christy walks out and he has his Celtic top on. And a lot of, a lot of Celtic supporters have caught that. You know, yeah, and and you've you've opened up kind of like um, there's a new audience out there for Asen as well because you, you played with you know I suppose the, the the Glasgow phenomenon that is Jerry Cinnamon. Yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. That was absolutely brilliant. And um, what happened was that was a stroke of luck. Jerry Cinnamon saw Aslan on on YouTube and he saw the performances and he was just saying he he rang his manager and saying who's who's this Irish band Aslan? They should be huge. Like, I've never heard of them. <laughs> Who are they? Do you know what I mean? Now, he was doing 20,000 in, in Malahide Castle. But he, he he got in touch. He got his manager to get in touch with us. And Jake Bug was supposed to be doing the gig in Malahide Castle. And Jerry said to Jake, listen, I want to give the gig to Aslan. Do you mind? Of course, Jake Bug was doing the rest of the tour. He's not going to say no. But that's how we got that gig. Jerry Cinnamon just saw a clip of Christy singing. And I, we had the gig. We had the Jerry Cinnamon gig. I wasn't, no. It was, it was, it was great. like MCD, the promoters, they came into us just before we were to go on and they were saying, there's 20,000 people out there waiting to see Aslan. He said, normally, if a support act is on, there'll be about 8,000, 9,000. The rest of them would be in the pub. He said, the place is rammed. So we walked out. And there was 20,000 there. But hats off to Jerry. Uh, you know, I mean, the, we, we've asked him when, when we are doing the, the tree arena, we want him because he gave us the support slot in, in Malahide Castle. We've asked him if he's free, would he come down and get up and do a song with us? You know, a song with Christy. But it's, it's amazing how little things like that happen. Do you know what I mean? That weren't supposed to meant to happen because Jake Bug had the gig and he was doing it. But Jerry Cinnamon went out of his way. He just saw a clip of Christy singing, and and the rest is history, you know. But it was that was a that was a brilliant gig. Uh, Christy done uh, he done uh, Greenfields of France. Twenty thousand people singing Greenfields of France, singing Crazy World, singing this this. I was just going, this is this is brilliant, you know. And that's what it's all about, you know. It's all about the live experience to me, for me anyway. Yeah, know? I remember speaking to you before, uh, Billy, and you you were really looking forward to it. Now, Billy, right, just before we wrap up, um, I have a Celtic Soul time machine. And if Billy jumps into that, you know, what gig does it take him back to, or what moment in his Asin career does it take you back to? Oh, right. Well, normally, normally I would say I would, I would go David Bowie with slaying, but I'm going to go a bit different. I'm going to go, it was a great, we, we said had a great relationship with a band called Alabama Tree. Do you remember Alabama Tree? Oh, yeah. Alabama Tree wrote the team tune to the Sopranos. Woke up this morning. We were doing Vicar Street. And Alabama Tree came down and we rehearsed, woke up this morning, right? For anyone that was, that was at the gig, you'll know exactly where I'm coming from. So we started the song, and I'm not messing you, Moilish. Half an hour later, we were still playing the song because everyone's going, this is brilliant. Woke up this morning, got a new blue name. And we're going, go again, Keep it going, keep it going. Because the vibe was just electric. The punters were going mad. We were all having a ball. We had Alabama Tree with us. In fact, actually, Alabama Tree, after that gig, 
Alabama Tree samples Crazy World and they released a single in the UK called How Can I Protect You? And the chorus is the crazy. Your listeners can Google it, have a, have a get up on Spotify, Alabama Tree. But that gig, that gig was just, I'll never forget it. It was, it was, now I've loads of memories of other gigs and like, you know, this, that and the other. But, you know, I mean, Aslan, we've played, we've played with Elton John, we played with Brian Adams, we played with David Bowie, we played with Jerry Cinnamon. You know, we've had Sinead O'Connor singing on our albums. We've had the great Damien Dempsey done a track with us, uh, which is absolutely brilliant. Check it out. Bullets and Diamonds. You have to check it out. So we've had, like, there's so many memories there. Like, I could talk to you. I could be, we could do this five hours and we still wouldn't scratch the surface. You know what I mean? It's 40 years. There's 40 years of memories in there and it's great. You know, you, you just... It's just an amazing, amazing time I've had with Aslan and I'm looking forward to the next 40 years. Billy, uh, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been brilliant. Um, as I said, my perfect day is going to the football and going to the gig. And, yeah. you know, some weekends I get it right and you mentioned the Barrowlands and after the lockdown, before gigs had started again in Ireland, yeah. I was lucky enough to force, after seeing Celtic, I strolled down to the, the Gallagher, into the Barrowlands and I saw the selector and Bruce Foxen's from the jam. <laughs> So yeah, wow. and we look forward to uh, seeing you back back well, live on stage. Yeah, the classic round is in for next March. Well, you know, yeah, Mark McCabe, if you're listening, get me a ticket. And Billy, if he doesn't, <laughs> I'll be on to you for the guest list. Yeah, listen, it's great talking to you, and I'll see you in the cross some weekend. Anyway. I'll see you in the cross, yeah. and we'll have a wee, we'll have a wee chat again. Billy, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks a million, man. Thank you. All right, God bless. Once again, folks, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and to Billy for joining me and sharing his uh, journey in the rock and roll world with us. If you're listening on Celtic Fanzine TV and you haven't hit the subscribe button, please click that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Once again, a big shout out to Martin O'Shea from O'Shea's Restaurant, Temple Bar, Dublin. Thank you so much for the continued support, man, and thanks very much for sponsoring the podcast. And we will be in to see you on Friday the 11th. I'll be bringing in John Hartson for our dinner before we go and do a show at Paddle Browns. And we're really looking forward to that. Um, it's been a while since I've done a live show with John. We did have him on the podcast last week. He opened up on his, his gambling addiction and was so honest. So uh, it, it's, it, I'm really looking forward to you know getting some of the questions from the audience that night. Once again, that's Friday the 11th in Paddle Browns. Tickets are available on Eventbrite. I'll be popping into the pub. And on Saturday the 12th of November, we're in the Rue Glen Hotel as guests of Port Larg Emerald CSC. And joining myself and John Hartson that night will be Lisbon Lyon, John Fallon. It's a big night for the supporters club. It's a big dinner for them. I think Celtic Storm are doing the music as well. So it's going to be a great uh, night. So if you're in the Wexford, Kilkenny, Waterford, or down that way area, make sure you make your way along to that one. There are still some tickets available and you can get them from Pat or any of the committee members. Uh, you can find the boys on social media. If you can't, give us a message here and we'll put you in contact with Pat. More than 90 Minutes printed issue, issue 123 is now available to pre-order and the digital edition is available to download from our shop on celticfanzine.com where you'll also find subscription details, back issues, t-shirts, badges and scarves. At SalicFanzine.com, you'll also find daily news and articles, all our audio Salic Soul podcasts, and our Salic Fanzine TV videos. We deliver free content for all Salic fans across our platforms, written, visual, and audio. 
And if you'd like to support us, you can do so by sponsoring, subscribing, buying, becoming a member, or donating for the price of a pint. And all that info is on our website, salicfanzine.com. Thank you so much for your support over the past 21 years. The busy schedule continues for Ange Pasacoglu and the Salic team, and we'll be there to cover the Salic fans' journey. Salic got back on the road on Saturday for a 12.30pm kickoff v Hearts in Edinburgh before we head back to Paradise midweek for our Champions League clash with Shakhtar under the disco lights. We'll be back next week with another Salic Soul podcast, and you can also catch our Talk from the Terrace podcast on Salic Fans in TV. That's our pre-match show, and we'll also review previous games. So follow our fan journey, folks, across social media and on CelticFanzine.com. Hail, hail for now. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.